Oh, we're live. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, what is going on, guys? Happy Monday. Hope you are ready to kill the week because these two lovely, lovely ladies that I have with me, I know, are ready to kill the week. We've got Shelly Gaddis from the Pallet Prison, myself mm -hmm. from the basement. That which I never leave, um, but we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. We we have some questions for chat in ten minutes, uh, and we've got Teresa, and uh, Teresa does some web design, web development, website stuffery, and um, yeah. we are seeing if we can help her today and po probably learn something from her today. I'm sure we will learn. Teresa, how are you doing today? I'm fabulous. Thank you guys for having me here today. I'm excited. It is our absolute pleasure. We would we wouldn't rather talk to anybody else on a Monday than this beautiful lady sitting in front of us. What um would you mind letting the people know who you are, what you do, how long you've been doing it, why you do it, all the things. All the Okay, so web designs by Teresa. I do as you said, website stuffery basically, but to go a little bit more in depth. That's the technical term, stuffery. I work with service-based uh, entrepreneurs to help them get their website up and going. And so I work in WordPress, Squarespace, Shopify a little bit, although it's not my favorite place to be because I'm not really the e-commerce girl. And I work a lot with interior designers from Canada to United States to all over the United States, um, but any service-based entrepreneur. And then new this year, this is exciting for me, I have started doing website coaching for people because there is a lot of solo entrepreneurs out there who want to go the DIY path. And honestly, that's kind of where I got started as a web designer was building my own websites and seeing how much people struggle with trying to get out there and so I started there but now I do coaching for people um, where they can get some help that saves them time money and mistakes and get their website up way quicker for a lot less money than having to invest in big time designer like me so so first incredible question that we have of the show if someone is building a DIY website yep what should they be looking at? WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, um, Shopify. What? What's your? What's your? What, give us the top three that you would recommend. Okay, so Wix, I never recommend. Wix has their place, and I don't want to hate on Wix. Is it in the garbage? When is it, that no, it's not in the garbage. But you know, Wix is more. I, I don't know. It's. It's just not robust. It's not there. They've come a long way because my first website was actually on Wix and they have come a long way. And I love that they're continuing to grow, but it's just not one that I, that I recommend. And then as for WordPress, Shopify, Squarespace, it really depends on what you want to do. Like you've really got to zone in on what it is that you want to do. That's why I work in all of them because, you know, some people, they want it to be really easy, low maintenance you know, and Squarespace is a great place to look. But if they want to blog all the time, like they want to do a weekly blog, Squarespace blog, I feel like is a little bit clunky. So you really have to weigh the pros and cons of what you want your website to do today and growing into the future to see what's going to be the best platform for you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, my dad, he is a home inspector and he built his website on like, Oh God, it was like GoDaddy or something like that. Like at the actual GoDaddy builder or something. And I'm like, dad, come on. 
Like, <laughs> and so I said, listen, I'll help you out with this. Like I set up a Squarespace website and it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And is it as robust as you need it to be and everything like that? Or as some of us would like it to be? No. But like for someone like my dad, where the updating and everything like that just gets done naturally, like a lot of it's drag and drop. It's like the perfect solution for him. And um, I could be wrong on this, but as far as crawlability, Squarespace is going to be pretty high up there on crawlability from Google, wouldn't it be for SEO? Or do you not really dabble in that? Um, I don't do a whole ton in the SEO aspect, but I do the on-site SEO. In Squarespace, it's super simple to set up your SEO in Squarespace for just on-site stuff. Um, and it functions really well when it comes to, like, I have a website performance report. I think I, I did one for you guys once upon a time, but it really dives into the nuts and bolts of how well your website is working. Is it, you know responsive to different devices is it doing all this squarespace hands down takes care of so many of those things for you yeah. you really are limited in design and the robustness i mean if you really wanted a really robust website wordpress is definitely my favorite place to go but you've got to know the right wordpress tools and that's a lot of why i started doing coaching is because there are like 4500 themes in wordpress and 55,000 plugins and a lot of them are garbage and so knowing what plugins work well and what things, you know, aren't going to be a conflict is, is terrifying if you don't know what you're doing. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will just like to put in a quick plug. Yes, you did do an audit on our website. Anybody that is wanting to know any information about website stuff or whatever, absolutely do hit up Teresa. She is just all around super professional. She just helped us a lot in that in that regard. So anybody that's looking to learn anything about websites, and it's interesting that you, I think when we were talking, I think you were kind of in that thought process of doing a little bit of consulting, um, if, you, if that's what you want to call it. And yeah. I think you and I basically broke it down to where I thought that was super smart because there's just so many people out there. You just can't afford a a, a web person. Like you, just, I mean, for what you guys do, you absolutely should be charging what you should be charging. Mm-hmm. But like, it just, when you're starting up, it's just difficult to afford that. But consulting, on the other hand, you, you pay for it as you need it. And then hopefully you're resourceful enough to find everything else to fill in the blanks in between your sessions or whatever. Yeah. So good for you. That's another thing too. So I actually have a free course library out there that helps people fill in the blanks. And that's something else that I, I launched this year. And it helps people figure out like, what is, what do they want to say? Like, what's your website message? It helps people get their branding in place. Like it would be lovely to go hire a branding design firm when you're just starting off, but nobody can afford that. And like you go to the cheap graphic designers. I remember my first logo was like this viney weird thing, like red Crayola, red leaves. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Like who has red Crayola red leads? Like it was just bizarre. And I paid $150 that I didn't really have for that. So I've got a branding course. I've got a website content course and an SEO course out there for people. And it's totally free. Email subscription is all required. So, but I what? want to help fill in the cracks for people because it's terrifying. You don't know what to do and how to build. So where, where can people find that? Let's, let's get the CTA and super early in the show. Yeah, they can find that at teresashaloop.com slash courses. Awesome. 
straight to it. Sign up for my newsletter. It's free to newsletter subscribers. So there is a little catch, but I don't spam people. So you're, you're safe there. We wouldn't, we wouldn't expect anything less out of you. Now, first question I have for you. Okay. Are you putting this stuff on the YouTubes or TikToks? I'm not on TikTok. I'm kind of on YouTube. And I'm like, Uh-oh. Okay, I'm no, so TikTok, TikTok, I can understand. TikTok, I can understand. Because that's my, ha weirdly enough, it's my happy place. Like, I spend about an hour a day laughing hysterically at TikTok. It, uh, there's, yeah, I mean, there's this one guy, he sits on a porch and drinks coffee, and he cracks me up to no end. So I love TikTok, but no, I'm not. But I do have a YouTube channel, and I'm actually meeting with a VA later on this week to help me build that out a little bit better so a, a who a va a virtual assistant oh gotcha 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 yeah. um um that's interesting yeah uh i've actually i hired someone as a kind of a youtube coach but more i would say that we've probably hit the limit of like what her knowledge is to be able to help us like grow it any further now it's just about us putting in the work however i keep her on retainer kind I pay her monthly because I want that in I want that outside look in mm -hmm. and I want someone to give feedback that's non-biased or anything like that and saying like hey I think this is working well for you or no it's not you need to stop that you're being dumb you know whatever like I think that's valuable to do so good on you for doing that but <clears throat> I would it would be really interesting for you to explore the idea of trying to get some of these things that you know down to a one minute format and do that and the only reason why is because there's a lot of people that i follow on tiktok that are social media managers or whatever and the tips that they give for like how to schedule content for an entire month like quickly and easily i'm just like my god that is just awesome thank you so much for this where do i subscribe thank you right. you know yeah. um so just throwing that out there i don't want to hammer you too much but we did hit the 10 minute mark dead on. Boom. Did you see that transition? It was seamless. Okay, people, we've got an, we had an important discussion before this. We were in the green room because this is a professional podcast. Um, and we were having a heated and non-heated discussion about something. It was, is it okay to drink cold coffee in wintertime? Like morning of, it's negative 10 outside freezing wind like and the first thing you do is walk into a coffee shop and you order a cold latte can you please like put it in the chat yes no um for cold coffee yes no okay in wintertime specifically wintertime obviously in the summer we're ordering cold coffee because you know <sighs> there we go cold coffee lover yes no shelly with the support being an awesome co-host shelly what do you what do you what do you have to say not about the cold coffee thing because we shelly says yes. we'll uh <laughs> we'll discuss that as we start getting <laughs> so Teresa, is there a specific um industry that you focus on i know you know at least a year ago or so um well, first of all, I'm going to give a shout out since Adam did. Teresa helped me with my website more from the consulting standpoint. Um, so that was very helpful. Like I did a lot of the work and then I think I just paid for a couple of sessions in between there for you to um, help me put all the cross the T's and dot the I's and all of that kind of stuff. So Teresa has been incredibly helpful. She's been an amazing friend, just do doling out quick answers when needed. She's incredibly knowledgeable on what she is doing. So thank you. 
Um, but is there a specific industry that you would tend to focus on? Is it more retail? Is it more online shopping? Is it more service-based? Who do your clients tend to be? So it's definitely service-based. Like I said, I do a little bit, I've done a little bit with the e-commerce and, and shopping, but really it's service-based industry. And I work a lot with interior designers, actually, is probably my biggest client interior design. And then I have quite a few authors as well who um, just a lot of those are not necessarily just local authors, but um, and then coaches, health coaches, business coaches, um, things like that. So that's probably the primary thing. But any service based interest or in or I'm interested to learn more. Like I've helped somebody who had a, a water softener business and another group that they do riverbank, you know, restorations and things like that. I mean, so it's kind of all over the board who I've worked with, but um, those are my three top, I would say. You can, you can have an entire business off of water softeners. Oh my God. He has a massive business. It was bizarre. It was one of the most fascinating projects that I've ever had because I did not know there was so much about water softeners and all this other stuff. Like it was really fascinating to me. That's why I like doing the non, you know, like here's who I'm talking to most of the time, but I love it when I have the one-offs because what you can learn and like right. bank restoration, like how important that is. And like, it's, yeah, amazing. It's, you learn a lot from those kind of things. So Yeah. I'm yeah, it, it, I was always very fascinated when you and I would sit down and talk about how you had an incredible referral network of people. Like so much of your business has just organically grown through referrals of people. And I would love if you talked a little bit about that, about giving, you know, some people who are maybe just starting out, like how do you continue to get those referrals? What are some of the tactics that you use with people to build that business organically? So the one thing and we kind of talked a little bit on Facebook this morning is boundaries. Um, I am very clear cut with my boundaries and I build them into my website message and I help my clients build them, their boundaries into their website message in a warm, welcoming, inviting way. But it's the boundaries that have people coming back. And I'd say 90% of my business is referrals. Um, it's rare that I have somebody who is that I, they don't know a person who has worked with me, but it's because I'm really clear with those boundaries and what those boundaries do for one, it helps me be a lot more confident in what I'm offering, but also I'm always there. Like if I have a deadline, I'm going to make it because I have boundaries in place that make sure that I make that deadline. If I'm going to follow up with somebody or whatever the case is, they know I'm going to do it because I have those boundaries in place. And so that would probably be the number one thing. And it's the one that I coach about the most with my clients when it comes to their website message. Um, but the other thing too, is that I really make a point to just be myself and everybody says that, but I mean, truly in the message in all of my marketing, when it comes to my website, like I want people to get on my website and feel like I'm like, Hey, let's have a cup of coffee and chat about your project. Like, here we go. I'm all about the coffee and conversations always free. What, what kind of coffee? Hot or cold? I never, almost never drink cold coffee, but if I drink cold coffee, I would do it in the winter if that's what I wanted. Sorry. Mm. Go there, but I, even in the summer, 100 degrees in Texas, and I've got a cup of hot coffee that I'm drinking because that's just. But yep, you right. can't. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So, <laughs> what are some of the? Uh, give us a few examples of what your your boundaries are. I, I think boundaries is something that isn't talked about in business 
very often. I think it's, you know, we, people are probably a little bit more familiar with it in their personal lives, but like, what kind of boundaries do you put in place that have helped you grow? So the first one is the first question that I, or two questions that I always ask the client is when are you available and when are you not available? And I think that is one of the most important things to know because all of us, uh, the three of us here, we have kids, we have spouses, you know, we want time with our family. But when you start your business, you have this idea that you have to always be available and you never give yourself time off and then you get into some serious burnout. And so just, you know, when are you available and when are you not available? And then the other thing is how are you available? You know, I have a client, she has email, Voxer, Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger, I mean, texting everything across the board and she's never unplugged at all. Whereas I'm very clear with my clients, the best way to connect with me is to set up a one-on-one conversation where you get my undivided attention or email me. I don't do Voxer. I don't do Slack. I don't do any of those other things because it's too much. It's too overwhelming. And so I'm very clear. This is how to get me. But because they know how to get me, they always get the response that they want. So, um, I would, If it's okay, I'd like to add on to this too. So first of all, the multitude of ways to get a hold of someone. What's interesting to me is <clears throat> for myself anyways, it seems like every single year I keep limiting and limiting and limiting the ways that someone can get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Um as an example, I just deleted both Facebook and Instagram off my phone and moved like all social media and everything like like my I'll show you my home screen really quick just to give you an idea. But this is this is the home screen on my phone. There's yeah. nothing there's nothing on there. Um, all there is is just like, um, in the bottom or whatever, there's just text, email apps. And like, that's pretty much it. All notifications shut off. Like, because when I want to, yep. Oops. Same here. Same with you. Yep. Yep. Because when, when I check something, that's when I'm ready to check something. I don't want to be buzzed unnecessarily, but going back to like the boundaries thing. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that greatly annoyed me about being a, rep for a large company that I used to work for was that um, I would I would give these detailers advice on something business advice and I knew I knew it was solid because I knew it worked for other people and everything like that and like five percent of these guys would actually take the advice run with it and then they would be successful right and then I would give these examples to people like hey like you know, so-and-so did this and like, it really worked out for them. You should think about doing it too. I think this is a problem you're having. None of them took the advice. So when I got into Clarity Coat, I would, it's still fairly often that I get hit up for advice and, you know, stuff like that, but still like nobody's really taking the advice. So something that I implemented earlier, which I know people have a love-hate relationship with it. Uh, I really feel like you haven't gotten into the situation where you need to charge for your time if you if you have something against that then you haven't gotten into the situation where you need to charge for your time mm-hmm. and uh just recently started saying like hey man i really appreciate you hitting me up for some advice just want to let you know like i'm happy to talk to you but i charge a hundred dollars per hour mm-hmm. like if you want to have a talk let we'll meet up for coffee or a zoom call whatever but i'll send you an invoice beforehand you need to pay it and then we can have our conversation and i'm happy to help with whatever you want it is amazing to me that i've gotten zero pushback on it first of all and number two 
people actually use that time wisely. Like they're very efficient with it. They're asking questions like, what do I need beforehand? Like all of that. So it's, it's amazing that boundaries seems like a, a restrictive thing for people. Um, just like one of my favorite people on earth, Jocko Willink says discipline equals freedom. People think that discipline is like restrictive and it's actually not, it's actually very freeing because it allows you just to get the things that you actually need to get done, done every single day. So, yeah. yeah. And I'd add to that too, cause I do a 15 minute free, but it's on zoom or, or on the phone actually. And I'll do 15 minute conversation free. And a lot of times I can give people the guidance in that 15 minutes and I am cool with that. You still have to schedule it. You can't just call me because I probably won't answer. I'm usually shutting my phone off to work on projects, but I'll do that for free. But you're right. When I say you get 15 minutes and that it, they're hyper-focused and we're done within that 15 minutes or they book time with me and pay for that consultation. Yep. So, I mean, that's also, but the other thing I want to say too, is like you said, restrictions, people think that it's so restrictive to put up boundaries, but last year, Shelly knows this, I put up some really hardcore non-negotiable boundaries. So this time last year, I was battling with breast cancer. And uh, that first round of chemo, the first two months, like there were days I didn't even know my name. Like it kicks your butt. I did not close my business. I did not stop working. I continued working through it. But in order to do that, to focus on healing and getting done, which I am 217 days cancer free, by the way. Um, In order to be able to heal so quickly and to focus on that and keep my business open, I had to put up some really tough, strict boundaries. And I tell you what, I worked an average of 24 hours a week last year while I was going through the treatments and stuff, had really strict boundaries and grew my business 39%. Wow. Great for you. Now, just a real quick question. Mm -hmm. Um, When you put your customers on notice about these boundaries, restrictions and everything like that. Did you give them, did you tell them like, Hey, this is the reason why, or did you just tell them like, Nope, this is the way it's going to be. No, I was really transparent. I mean, I'm an open book. People will probably know everything about my life if they've had a 20 minute conversation with me, but um, I just was saying, here's what's going on and here's how I'm going to be operating moving forward. And everybody was super supportive, really encouraging. Um, I did not lose any clients at all during the whole thing. I mean, everybody was amazing. And honestly, when I put those boundaries in place, like I was able to show up for my clients so much better. And I thought I was pretty organized and on top of things before that, but I was a hundred times better hmm. going through that. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And, and also good for you. Um, do you think that maybe that the reason, um, morning Kyle, um, do you think the reason why people were understanding, understanding, sorry, of these boundaries and these restrictions was because of the situation that you were going for or sorry, going through, or do you think if you had put them up in place outside of a situation like that, that they still would have been understanding? Hands down. I think they would have been understanding because as I, my business was growing and I was taking on new clients because in March I started taking on new clients again. I was through the rough chemo. And so my brain, I knew my name, so that was helpful. But, uh, Um, I took on new clients and I would forget to mention that I had breast cancer because it just wasn't like I never thought of it. It was just like, oh, I've got a show, like I'm moving on with my life. So I would forget to mention it. Um, They thought the bald head was a fashion statement, which was hilarious to me. I still had my eyebrows, so that was helpful. But um, 
I, but I still put those same boundaries in them place. And they were appreciative of the boundaries because they said, you know what, Teresa, we know exactly what to expect from you. We know exactly what it's like working with you. And because what I said, I, you know, here's my boundaries and here's how I'm going to respond. And then I delivered and stuck to it. And then they referred me. And I mean, I had probably six referrals last June alone. Man. Uh, good for you like there's just nothing i mean we can sit here and give marketing advice all day long but really <clears throat> word of mouth is going to um is always going to dominate things it just it just will it um and it seems like in the conversation that we're having right now that the only reason or one of the core reasons why you get these referrals is because you're just true to your word like what? Just simply staying true to your word about, you know what, if I say I'm going to do something, it's going to get done and it gets done. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's really not anything more powerful than that um, at the end of the day. Yeah. So if you, um, so speaking of you having boundaries around how you spend your time and what you're doing, do you have kind of uh, standards that your clients can depend on or how do you set those boundaries as far as when you will respond to people. Like if you're only working certain days of a week, like maybe some people listening only want to work four days a week, or maybe they only want to work four hours each day or whatever. Like, do you have standards of, I will reply to emails within this time period or like, what are some of those standards that you set? Yeah. And the, Again, this is where I talk about communicating on your your contact page being very clear. So I tell people hands down the best way to reach me is to set up a consult with me. Get get on my calendar and then you get my undivided attention. And they can set that up within 24 hours in advance, typically, depending on the day of the week. But I also say on there, feel free to email me. I will be back with you within three business days. And that's what and I clearly say business days rather than 72 hours because if they email me like on Thursday evening, 72 hours is going to be passed before I'm likely to get into my work email and get back to them. But I will say too, when it comes to what I say on my website versus what my clients have, there are two different approaches. My paying clients who have a website with me that I work on and maintain, like they have emergency procedures they can follow if their website crashes. I'm probably going to know before them because I have monitoring software, but if something happens and I my software or whatever failed, they have emergency procedures where they can contact me at any other time of the day. But they're a paying customer who has that extra way to get a hold of me. Like my personal number, I have a separate cell phone for business that stays on my desk. Is my business line? That's the only way that you can call me. You don't get my personal number unless we're friends. But if you're a paying client, you get it for emergency purposes. And again, I put that boundary in place that this is for emergency purposes. And I've had to have a couple conversations with clients before saying, you know, this is my family time and this is an emergency. Send me an email. I will respond to it as soon as I get back into the office. And it's usually good. How many how many people a year or if that number is too small, do you fire? How many customers a year do you fire? Or do you fire any? Um, before I set up boundaries, I fired probably 30 to 40% of customers. And fired is maybe not, I mean, like that's the conversation between us. I would just say, I think you're served, you'll be served better someplace else. Yeah. Um, I'll let them go. But since I set up those boundaries in the last year, um, none. 
very nice. Yeah. Every, I mean, like I literally am getting my dream customers, every single person that I talk to, um, that reaches out to me, you know, and I think it's because I'm personal in my message. So they know who I am. I'm clearing my boundaries. So they know what to expect. Um, it's dream customer every single time. Yeah. That's an interesting, um, an interesting observation because, it's really, and it's, this is something Adam and I talked about a few weeks ago, talking about my business and about your business with pricing, Adam, when you were doing um, AHD. And, but basically, it's weeding those customers out in the beginning that weren't the right fit anyway, rather than eating up all of that time. You know, Adam and I's conversation was more around price, but your conversation is more around time and resources. And if, you know, if this isn't what you're looking for, here's some other people who might be a better fit for you. So that's, yeah, I think that's a really interesting observation for people to take away from this conversation. Well, and vampires hate boundaries. Those time vampires that we all have dealt with, like the ones who just want to, hey, I want to have coffee with you. Let me pick your brain for an hour. Knowledge isn't free. Like my brain, I earned this, you know, through a lot of work and study and, and everything else. But the vampires, they hate boundaries. So they naturally weed themselves out because they're not gonna. Uh, you just have to stick to those boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's it's been pretty interesting. <clears throat> the difference in um, customer mentality. I don't know. I don't know really how to what, what the right way to be phrase this would be. But so when I had the when I had the detailing company, like I didn't really have to deal with that too much. Um, as far as like my bad customers wouldn't take up a lot of my time as far as like hitting me up with questions and stuff like that. That wasn't what what constituted as a bad customer. And so the only way, and like my, my schedule was like my schedule, right? Like you either fit in that day for a detail or you didn't fit in that day for a detail. Like it was just, it was structured that way already. Um, And so really for the only way for me to weed out bad customers other than just like firing them was literally like offering a more expensive service because that's just the way it worked. Um, That's just typically the way that it works in the detailing world. However, in the consulting world, which I'm not going to say I'm a full-time consultant because I'm not, I just have like once a couple of times a week, like I get hit up for advice, whatever. Um, you can absolutely have someone who's just uh, uh, that's an appropriate term or a time parasite is a, uh, is a really mm-hmm. great way to put it too. where someone just messages you like nonstop. Like it might only be one or two messages a day, but that's, that's 10, 15 minutes out of your day that you've got to reply back to that. And then sometimes like the answer is so complex that you got to call them. Well, then that's a half hour conversation. Yada, yada. What are the, what ways are there to, um, stop those kinds of interactions other than being really upfront and saying, Hey man, like if you want to have these conversations, you got to get on my calendar, you got to pay for it. And, or like, I'm only answering these messages from this time slot to this time slot. I am only looking at my email from these times. So, um, you have to, you have to respect that because it'll absolutely run away on you a hundred percent. Um, if people find out that you're available 24 seven and, responding and stuff like that they will add, and they and you have knowledge that they want psh, like good night like you'll you'll sit there all day answering messages 
Yeah. You know, for me, like I don't respond to business messages outside of my business hours. My business hours are clearly defined on my website. They're on my Google My Business page. They're you is know, it midnight to midnight? <laughs> <laughs> But I do not ever respond to customers unless it's one of my customers and it's an emergency. Um, I don't ever do any business communications outside of um, my business hours on purpose. And that alone sets up the boundary. And so I've had a couple of times where people are like, I've been trying to reach you. And I just say, yep, I apologize. But my business hours are this. And I just have to reiterate. But I also try and, and do the, the friendly approach and say, you know, when somebody's like, hey, I really just want to pick your brain. You know, I just say, you know, my time is spent working with a lot of client work and I love I would love to help you out. I can gift you with 15 minute chat. Here's my link. Schedule a time that fits for you. But I make sure that they understand that this is a gift. Like my time is very valuable. I have so many projects going on, plus my maintenance clients and most of the clients that I've worked with stick around. There's continue to be my clients for years to come. And so my time is super valuable. So I make a point to say, I can gift you with a quick 15 minute chat. Here's my calendar, hop on there. And then in that time, I'm going to know within a couple minutes if they need more. And, and then I will say, what you really need is a coaching session with me. Here's the price. Here's how to schedule that. We can accomplish a lot in that hour. Get on my calendar. I'm just curious, how many people have you had, um, I don't know, push back on you um, over that conversation, like telling them, hey, like, you know, my time is very valuable. I'm working with people um, that are paying customers all the time. Um, the best I can do for you is 15 minutes. Like, how, is it very often that you get people to push back on you? No, but I think it's the approach. I say, oh, I would love to help you. Let me gift you with a 15 minute phone chat. And saying it that when I used to be a little bit more direct and be like, dude, I'm sorry, but you're not a paying client and I don't have time for you. Um, then I got a little bit of pushback. And they're like, I just have a quick question. So now when I say, I would love to help you, here's what I can do for you instead of here's what I can't, I really don't get any pushback. Gotcha. Okay. Phrasing yeah. is important. Yeah. And I think always saying, here's what I can do for you. Here's what I envision for you. Like always come from that positive place. And even so, like, even when I talk to somebody in 15 minutes and I, you know, say, here's what I envision for you, we could create this incredible message for your website that really captures your business. And by the way, I've got a coaching package that really dives into this. Are you interested in learning more? And a lot of times they're like, oh my God, yes, I am. Because it's a positive forward movement rather than that. And I, can't, I don't have time for this. Yeah, gotcha. Shelly, thoughts? Well, I have a lot of thoughts, but honestly, I don't think that I want to dive down. One of my thoughts was, you know, it would be interesting to hear the other side of setting those boundaries of like business hours and when to reply and everything from the retail standpoint. I mean, I think both of you know retail is where my heart always is. And that's where most of my clients um, with consulting are coming from. Mm -hmm. And so I always found that like incredibly difficult from a retail standpoint of setting those boundaries of when we would reply. Like you can set up like Facebook out of office and all that kind of stuff. So if somebody sends a message past X time, you know, we don't reply in there. However, for a lot of my clients, as well as for when I was, before I had somebody managing our social media specifically, it was really difficult to set that boundary because we, you know, during the day throughout at the, at the store, 
it was rare that I would have the time to sit down and reply to customers' questions, right? Like I would try from my phone as much as I could, but like when you're trying to manage everything else, it gets really difficult. So you, a lot of times are replying to these people after the kids go to bed or after dinner or, you know, whatever, when you're having actual time without kids to try to work on stuff. And then that then sets that precedent right? For people to be like, oh, well, she's online at nine o'clock at night. I'm going to ask her all these breastfeeding questions, or I'm going to ask her about my carrier or whatever. So I think it creates a whole different set of, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but a whole different set of like boundary issues that you have to try to work around when you're running a physical location and trying to man that. And then you're also trying to figure out how do I manage the social media side of stuff when you just can't do that throughout the course of the day, but you don't want people, or but you do want people to respect that you're not going to, you know, even if I reply to you right now, that doesn't mean tomorrow night I'm going to reply to you or next week I'm going to reply to you at night so that they don't think that it's a regular thing. Like, have you encountered that with clients? What have you suggested to them? Yeah, and the one thing that I, first thing that I recommend to my clients is when it comes to that kind of stuff, funnel everything to email just because um, in email, especially like if you have a G Suite, you can schedule your response out. So last night I was, I was actually working with, or, you know, replying to some clients because I have a really busy day today and I knew I needed to get caught up on some email. But they didn't get that response until this morning because I scheduled out the send. That's a brilliant idea, actually. Funneling everything into that email account where I can schedule out the send so that I'm sending during business hours and still setting that boundary. And let's be honest, I mean, just because I say, here are my business hours doesn't mean I don't work nights and weekends. I often do when it feels good to me and when it's supportive to me and my business and Mm -hmm. my health. But I don't go telling everybody that I do that because... I want to have clear boundaries with those potential clients. So they, right. so scheduling out your responses is something that I highly recommend. The other thing too, is maybe just setting up. I think you said something earlier, Adam, that I respond during this time. And so I have a client who does, she has a retail store and is an interior designer and she comes in and from eight until 10, that is her admin time to respond to any inquiries from people. And then she prioritizes them. You know, like her vendors and things like that, they get the first, you know, response. And then the general, you know, the customers who are wanting to learn more, interested, they get the next response. I mean, she kind of prioritizes, however, but she gives herself that time and builds those hours into her workday to where she shuts off the phone and she dives into email and knocks everything out. So, yeah, I think that's another thing that, um, I definitely found in later years, partly through the groups that you and I were a part of and partly through like just learning from other people is learning how to really time block specific things. So like if I knew the store opened at 10, I knew I could drop the kids off by eight. I had, you know, an hour and a half, you know, and whether that was three days a week used for email and Facebook responses, um, whether that, you know, some of it was for payroll or, you know, whatever those other admin tasks are Mm -hmm. that you have to do. But that could also be a good idea for people as well that you know if you if you can somehow prioritize the things that aren't customer facing that you can take care of at night versus the things that are customer facing take care of in the morning because then again that helps to set those boundaries of time like hey I'm only doing this in the mornings so they're not seeing it at night like that's a good idea too and limiting how you're available is another 
to that because when you're trying to respond to Facebook and Instagram and, and email and text messages and voicemails, nobody has time for all of that. And so like in your Facebook, either turn off messaging, which is possible to do in your business page, or set up that auto response that says, I check my Facebook messenger once or twice a week. The best way to reach me is here. And, and then give them that auto response to drive them where you want communicating so that you can be show up as yourself. You can show up 100%. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, so Brittany, you had Brittany's message come up on the, on the yep. screen and I'd like to try and put myself in, obviously I've never been in a retail situation, like no surprise there, been more of a service-based person. And so trying to gauge, I'm trying to put my mindset around Shelly's business where she's dealing most likely with moms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine that the stress on the customer who's sending the message, having to wait for a response back is more than, and I'm not trying to put Brittany's business down by any means, but I can't imagine that there's too many of like emergencies for Juniper situations where customers are asking, unless they had like some, um, some, um, something that would go on your skin that reacted very badly. Um, in which case, like, Brittany's not a doctor. Like you should probably ask a doctor about that, but I'm just trying to imagine like, so in Shelly's situation, having those clear cut boundaries and then a mom having to wait 12 hours for a response or something like that, I can see where they would get super annoyed over that. Mm-hmm. Even though like the customers are irrational at that point, right? They're not thinking about them. They're thinking, well, they are thinking, they're thinking entirely of them. They're not thinking of you mm-hmm. in Brittany's situation. I could see where if you were to, I'm guessing if you were to actually wait 12 hours for a response, it's not going to be, you're not going to be that PO'd over it because. Uh, so I'm going to jump in and I'm, if Brittany is still listening, I'd love to have her jump in too, but I'm going to make yeah. some assumptions coming in here. So one. I'm being ignorant to the situation. So that's why I'm yeah, making which assumptions. I'm glad that you asked it. Mm-hmm. I, I think number one, part of it is coming from a sales-based entrepreneur standpoint of if I don't respond to this, will I lose a sale? So I think that there is part of that because when a lot of your customers are coming from an online purchasing standpoint, it's kind of like, see, I think a lot of customers now are using Facebook and Instagram messaging, especially when it's a small business like Brittany or like mine was, and people are friends with the owner, chances are they're probably not messaging the page directly. I mean, they might be, but they might be messaging her directly and saying, hey, what's in this product? Hey, what? would you use for this particular situation? My kid has a rash. What would you use? You know, those kinds of things. And she's probably replying some of that too. And there's that pull A as a business owner to get the sale, but B as a mom that you empathize with, I want that answer, right? Like it's easier in that person's rationale, it's easier to ask the question of somebody who's already the expert than to have to spend half an hour Googling um, what, Dr. Google says to do for your child or for your, you know, for your rash. And so I'd love to hear you guys' response, but yeah, I'm glad to know that yeah. I had a feeling that it. Yeah. And I see Brittany, you made a comment too, that if you don't respond quickly, they may not come back. And I think again, that comes into the, the, the way you approach it. And um, I know I've used your products and they're absolutely fabulous and I love it, but you know, maybe if you don't, 
you still want to have that time to yourself. You still want to be disconnected. And I think just the way you respond to that person say, oh, I'm so sorry. I was spending time with my family last night. I didn't see your message, but here's what I would do. And maybe offer a small free sample, you know, um, or something like that. But it's the way you frame the response. They're going to come back when you bring them that warm, friendly approach of wanting to be truly helpful. They're going to come back. I think so. And Kind of talking like Shelly, you said you had the mom who was in the panic and, you know, breastfeeding questions and stuff. I would question if that maybe shouldn't be something of a coaching piece. Like I'm offering late night emergency calls for a fee or something, you know. Mm -hmm. I know we live in this always available kind of world, but as a solo entrepreneur, you are going to burn out and you're not going to be able yes, to. You will. <laughs> And like one of my core values is to serve with excellence. When I'm always available, I am not excellent. I am cranky and way too much caffeine in my body trying to survive. And I can't be excellent and live up to that core value. So I think it's, you know, talking with other people in different groups and, and reaching out to, co you know, people in your same position. What's a positive way I can frame this, you know? And I would I would add to that that you're not going to be excellent in any area of your life. You're you're not going to be excellent with that customer. You're also not going to be excellent with your family, with your spouse, with listen, yourself. Listen, cold coffee person. <laughs> this right here, this is this is full of excellence. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Let's get that clear. <laughs> okay, enough of Adam's ego. I'm <laughs> question um i want to add one more thing too with like with britney specifically like the quality of your products and the service that you offer speaks volumes beyond that quick response and i think you need to give yourself credit for what you've developed in a business there um because you already are somebody who we know we can count on and i don't even know if you and i have met personally i just happen to know you because i know your husband a little bit and i've used your products and love them and He's well, you two should meet because both of you are amazing people. That would would be a fantastic. Yes. Yeah. You saved me last year on hand sanitizer, girl. My husband was having kittens. Thank you. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I do think that it is easier from a retail standpoint to be able to set up those out of office kind of, you know, Facebook responses. I don't know. Can you do that on Instagram? I guess back when I was doing it, we didn't really have a way to do that on Instagram, but maybe it's Instagram. God, I fucking hate Instagram. Business suite. So it might be possible, but I don't really know for sure. Yeah. So, but I mean, I think it's easy enough to set up those boundaries on Facebook. It, it, for me, it always just became difficult. Um, yeah, I think Brittany is spot on there. I mean, for me, it just always became difficult because as I grew to be friends with people, that, and I do, and even though I'm saying friends with quotations, like they really are friends. Like I still am friends with a great majority of those people on Facebook and say hi when we, you know, see each other out in public and all those kinds of things. So I, I do consider them friends. However, it did become difficult to establish that business boundary. And I did have to do that a few times with people to be like, hey, I try really hard not to answer business questions on my personal Facebook account. Would you mind sending this to? Absolutely. The, the That'd be the first thing I do. And I usually did, but, you know, again, from a mom standpoint, it becomes, and maybe, you know, I, I would argue that Brittany's, um, Brittany's business is actually very similar to what mine was because she is dealing with a lot of people 
who have something that feels like an emergency to them. Like it feels very pressing on them, whether it's them or their kid or their spouse or whatever. It's kind of like calling your doctor and you don't want to call and leave a message and wait until two o'clock the next day to get a response from it. Right. Like it's similar feeling, but like my personal issue was always that I didn't want people to feel like I was um, discounting the urgency or the importance of them and their need by pushing them off and saying, hey, I'll respond tomorrow. I mean, if it was a question about what's the price of this book, I mean, that's completely different. But I mean, versus like, hey, my 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 kid just won't sleep. I think blah, 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 blah. Can you like, there's a whole different issue there. And it becomes really hard to set that personal boundary on your personal page when that's a, technically a business question. But the knowledge is with you personally, You know what I mean? Right. Well, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, for me, like if a message comes in on my personal page, because I do get clients reaching out to me on my personal Facebook page, um, I actually don't open it. They don't know that I saw it. I mean, see, it will pop up. Yeah, that's that's a great trick now that you can do. Because, you know, and so they don't know that I saw it. They don't know that Mm -hmm. I'm pushing them up until business hours. They're not going to be aware of that at all. And so I say, give yourself permission to let it sit there and ignore it. Like I've gotten really good at ignoring messages because my, you know, we really have to be really clear. But another idea that occurred to me, especially with Brittany, like you have these questions about what does this product do or what do I do about like eczema or whatever the case is. That's a blog opportunity right there. And Dang it, Teresa. Putting it in your, did I steal your thunder there? Yes. Yes. That's a blog opportunity and putting in your auto message. Hey, a lot of the common questions that I get on my business page can be answered. You can find the answers in my blog. Now you're driving traffic back to your website. You're making your blog a, a reasonable, a great resource for people to where they're constantly going there. And you're setting that expectation. Oh, wait a minute. I had a question. Let me check out Brittany's blog. Or even creating those same type of blog slash FAQ type questions on your social media pages, on your Facebook and on your Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or wherever you're doing it. But like even creating those posts on there to be like, that's a great question. If you go back a couple of weeks or search specifically for this keyword, you'll find what my suggestion is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was actually going to be one of my suggestions. And something that I kind of practiced in the detailing business was when I would get a question three or five times, I'd say to myself, okay, this must be a pretty common concern with someone. Okay, let's do a blog post about it. And now if I was still running that business, what I would actually do is I would also do a YouTube video about it. And the great part about YouTube videos is that you have then this video bank that you can just grab the link for that specific video, send them the link and say, hey, I think this might be... um, this might answer most of your question. Check this out. Get back to me and let me know what other questions you have. Um, With Brittany though, um, Brittany, another thing I would do is this is, this might be pretty tough to do at first, but first of all, what these lovely ladies said first is absolutely do not be answering business messages on your personal messenger. Like just, you need to come up with a good written response to politely direct them to the business page. And then the other thing I would go for, shut off your notifications on everything. No badges, no pop-up banners, no, none of that garbage. And the only reason is you're still going to, again, 
you are allowing yourself the time to open up that messenger. If you are opening that up, it means that you are ready to answer those questions versus you have, if you have not done this yet, it is so shocking how mentally freeing it is to just shut off all notifications, period. And then when, when you are taking control and over and opening up whatever app it is that you want to open, it's because you're ready to, um, to answer those messages and it's not the phone telling you, Hey, you should answer me. Hey, you should answer me. Mm -hmm. Like, and I mean like shut everything off, pop-up banners, badges, because the minute you see that little red circle, you're going to be like, Oh, I need to answer it. But if you just shut off everything, guess what? Like everything is just a non-emergency. Like it's everything can wait 30 minutes, almost always. Um, and like Shelly, I, I think one of you guys had said this, but like having a business, a business phone number and making it so that it's a, people are aware, like if this is an actual emergency, you can call this number. Um, and you know, I charge time for this or whatever, like you can set up those kinds of boundaries, but those are the, those are the couple things I would look at. Is there a question that you're getting a lot of put in a blog post, do a video about it. Um, those are the two ways I would personally go about it. Cause both of those are very easy to just grab a link for, send it off. And then boom, and you're still going to get people, you're going to get like 10% of people that will either not even bother to watch the video or read it. (laughs) And they'll be like, yeah, thanks. But anyways, um, and then they're going to ask their question anyways. Um, Or number two, they're just really dense and they, they're like, yeah, but I'm, my problem is special. Like uh, it doesn't really fit. No, it's not Jimmy. You're special. (laughs) You know, I would add to the ones that are like, yeah, okay, thanks, but I'm special. I need a special attention. They are not valuing your time. And no. so unless no. they're willing to pay. And, and for those people, honestly, like I started giving what I call the F off price because they're <laughs> for this emergency. Like my, your emergencies are going to cost some money. Like I'm not going to give you the, the, the good price when you're demanding attention. Yeah, that actually you're gonna act just, like a, if you're going to act like a fifth child, like we're you're going to get the fifth child price. Brittany. I was actually just thinking that that would be a great opportunity to put a positive spin on that. Right, Teresa, of you're right. This is a very special problem. I think that we need to set up a con- consult for this. Here's you know, it, this is probably going to take us 60 to 90 minutes. And you can set it up here at this link and go ahead and pay beforehand. Like I, you can give it that. You're right. This is a really special problem. We probably need to set up a console for this. Yep. Set up some time on my calendar. Here's the link. You can pay when you schedule and, and be really clear. And most people, and the thing of it is, is that most people, when they're getting free advice, especially from somebody who has knowledge they don't have, they're, totally fine waiting. They're grateful that they're getting that help. They're grateful that they're getting a YouTube link or a blog post or being able to surf a channel. They're so grateful that they're getting that support that you want them in your life. If they're not grateful for that, they're a vampire. They're a drain. And I say, give them a a fee. Yeah, totally agree. That was a a great question, Brittany. I'm glad that you you jumped in and, and we expanded on that because I hopefully a few people will listen to that. I think that that will help your clients, Teresa. I'm guessing Adam, maybe some of yours in the detail business business as well. Some of the people that are reaching out to you in their shops. So yeah, it's you guys. You guys will know this too. I mean, anybody that's been in business for probably longer than a year will know this that 
at a certain point, there isn't really a whole lot of unique questions that you get. Like it basically can fit on one page of like the, of what someone is going to ask you. Um, now in Shelly's case, there's a lot of variables as to like, you know, because children are people and they're variables to people because everyone's different. Everyone's a snowflake. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the end, the end treatment or whatever m- is going to be changing quite a bit. But I mean, th- I, I'm willing to bet that if you wrote down every question that you got after a little bit, you'd be like, oh my God, I can actually fit almost every question on just a regular sheet of paper. Um yeah, that was actually going to be one of my my suggestions to business owners who are fielding questions, whether it's on their business or their personal page, like just cre- create a note on your phone or something and just like start making a habit of adding those questions to a note. And then maybe once a month or once a quarter, visit them and say, OK, I'm going to write about these three topics or I'm going to do a quick video about these three topics or whatever. And right there you have huge content development opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can re- you can reuse that content. I mean, right. I talked about building boundaries on your website through your contact page in at least three or four blog posts, and I'm about to write another one. You can approach it from a different angle and reuse that content. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's actually, I mean, the, for us with Clarity Coat, we are trying to be very cognizant of that, of like, okay, what questions are people asking a lot of? And can we do content around this? And for us in our product, I feel like that's a very, um, that's something that we have to be hyper aware of because the product's so unique. Um, the product's so unique that we're trying to figure out exactly what aren't people getting about this when they're watching a video, when they're reading about something like what exactly is not clicking with them? Because if we figure that out, if we figure out that one big master key that all of a sudden like gets people to like, be like, Okay, now I get it. Boom. We've we've solved a lot of our problems right there. Um so yeah, absolutely, Shelly, like great idea on having just a small notepad next to you or whatever it is, like saying um breastfeeding question and then just tick a tick, do ticks every single time you get a question like that. Measure it over a month or over a week, depending on what your volume of questions are. Yeah. Whoo, man, Teresa. Teresa, we're in an hour. How in the world did this just like go by in an hour? Are we getting an invoice after this? Huh? Are we getting an invoice after this? No. I feel like we should be paying for this. No, no, no. You're good. We're good. Actually, funny, like, so incorporating two of our little things here, here's my Samsung notes. Uh And on there, the last one just says, schedule consult with Teresa. Nice. I have not revisited anything on my website. It's been in the back of my mind that I need to get this done. And I'm just going to set up time with Teresa in the next coming weeks. There you go. go. Everybody else should do it as well. We are going to put a new banner up that tells people how they can uh, do that. It is TeresaShloop.com. Yep, that's the coaching site, and you can get to my web design site from there. But that's where you can schedule consults, check out that free course library. Those are those questions we're talking about. People asked over and over and over again. Um, I built it into courses that are totally free for people to um, access. And yeah. Wendy says she's going to be in touch. Oh, yay. Great, Wendy. If you actually get a job out of that, that's a $20 referral fee. Thank you. (laughs) And maybe just a coffee. 
I'll buy I will you take a coffee. coffee. I will get you some cold coffee. I was gonna say it, it's gonna be cold though. We're gonna have a cold coffee date on the after in the afternoon. On the first blow. That's a boundary. That's a boundary. boundary. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I would love to have a coffee date with someone, and they're like, you know what? I'm gonna buy you your coffee as long as it's not fucking cold coffee, because we don't do that here. Okay. No, I think it should be opposite. I'll pay for it if it's cold. If it's hot, you're paying for it yourself. <laughs> Awesome. Teresa, where can people find you at? Are, are you available on Facebook, Instagram, like yep. TikToks? Um, not TikToks. TikTok is just my entertainment right now. We'll see. One day I might hop on there, but just search for Teresa Shalhoub. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel that needs a little bit of work. Pinterest. Um, I'm out there. Facebook's probably where I am the most because it's always treated me well, but mm-hmm. That's a good one. We haven't ever really talked about Pinterest. Maybe we should have you come back on sometime and talk specifically about Pinterest. I've I've been fascinated by it. I mean, I use it personally for 10 years, yeah. but you know, there's a lot of um it's it's fascinating to me to see how people use it other than for selling products. So yeah, I do a lot of my coffee time or my little tips, tech tips and stuff like that on there, but mostly it's just promoting my blog post and uh my um, free course library, but I get I get a ton of traffic and it's slowed down for whatever reason. The last couple of months is throw slowed down. But last fall I was getting like over a hundred thousand hits a week or something. I, I don't know. It was like bizarre. The amount of people who were seeing my content on Pinterest, it was wow. bizarre. And so I'm, I'm experimenting and playing around with it, but I get people to my website from Pinterest all the time. I wonder if that has something to do with a lot of your clients are interior design and a lot of people like that's what I look on Pinterest primarily for is either recipes or home ideas. Like those are the two things that I really go to Pinterest for. But there's a lot of business tips on there. Like if Oh, I know there is. I just don't <laughs> go there for it. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you can find, you know, all these downloadables, free business resources. I think I have a board that's free um, resources that is some of my stuff, but other stuff that I found that I thought was really awesome and cool and worth sharing and things. So, yeah. yeah, maybe we need to, maybe a second quarter, third quarter of the summer, we need to have you back on to talk about Pinterest. Absolutely. And I would love to pick your brain a little bit too about actually. That's going to cost I, you, Adam. You are not just picking her brain. <laughs> so, that was a very poor choice of words right there, young man. You're right. You're right. Can, I, can I ask a five minute question? Sure. Okay. Sorry for the, I know we're going over an hour people, but the, I'm actually really shocked by this. So the other day, um, so we're making YouTube videos, clarity Co's making YouTube videos about detailing products right now. And I've been betting those videos onto the product pages because that way, when someone's looking at the product, they say, Oh, there's a YouTube video here. Click on it. Right. I am really, uh, I did a search on this and it was just a light search that Google doesn't help you out with SEO or doesn't favor you with SEO if you have that YouTube content on there. And what's surprising about that is normally Google is such a jerk about, oh, you don't have a Google My Business page that nobody uses? Well, if you don't have a Google My Business page, we're going to derank you. And just like, and YouTube is like Google's most successful product by far. It's It's not even remotely close to anything else out there. And why in the world would they not favor you by using one of their most successful products on your webpage. I have not ever heard that, honestly. I, I really, I would be interested to see what, what uh, Pete from Tiger29 says about that, because I've never heard that. We should have Pete on. 
You should, you should have Pete on. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. Look at Teresa. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's a great resource. But that is interesting because you like you said, YouTube is the second ranked search engine in the world, or at least in the world that we know. Um, and yeah. by Google, why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, because they absolutely one hundred percent. When you're uploading a video, they scan. They absolutely scan that whole video and pick out every keyword and every piece of music. I mean, they do all of that along with. The description that you fill out, they absolutely scan that and mm -hmm. read that for SEO for YouTube. So why in the world would they not say, oh, you're going to now put this video on your website, which we're also scanning all the time for SEO stuff? Like, why would they not rank you higher for that? Like, I don't know. First of all, I don't know if I believe it. But number two, if they aren't doing that, like, they should just get kneed in the head because nobody gives a rip about Google My Business or fucking g plus with r.i.p thankfully because nobody used that garbage but anyways sorry um that, that was just a one question that i had if you had the answer to it or not yeah yeah that that's something i would definitely call pete on personally i will do all right that. well if if pete is watching because you know we have thousands of people watch every week <laughs> we're gonna be reaching out to pete it is, by the way Hot coffee one just would like to put that out there. Hot coffee. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose. I, I don't. No, All right. I anyway, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end this. Okay. So now, before it gets out of control again. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. We will see you next week. Peace out, Russell Sprout. <laughs>